This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. From Christianity Today, this is Viral Jesus, a show about communication in the power of social connections, where we talk to some of the most influential Christian content creators to find out how they've made their faith go viral. Everyone I talk to on this show is someone I follow or was told to follow online. Most of the conversations you'll hear are with people I have never met in person, yet they've impacted how I think. What does it look like for Christians to enter the chat thoughtfully? Let's grow together on Viral Jesus. I'm your host, Heather Thompson Day. I hope you are hanging in there this week. We are going to talk today about how to grow and gain confidence And if you're sitting there right now saying, well, that's not me, guess what? 85% of people in our world struggle with low self-esteem. So today's conversation is for everybody. I am really encouraged and prayerful on opening this conversation. We're going to do a pod class on this topic for the next three weeks. But first, it's time for another hashtag blessed where we look at a topic facing all of us with social media and decide whether it's a hashtag blessed or a hashtag mess. Today, I want to discuss filters. Should we be using filters? And joining me for that conversation is my best friend, Scarlett Longstreet, who is also my co-blogger on I'm That Wife, a platform we created when we were both stay-at-home moms. It's about five or six years ago, and it now has almost 270,000 followers. Scarlett is the queen of Instagram, and I cannot wait to hear what she has to say about filters. So I wanted to talk to Scarlett about this one, about filters. Should we be allowed to use filters on Instagram? Is it bad? I think we differ on this. I like a good filter. What say you, Scarlett? I am conflicted. I don't think that we should ban them, but I think that we should show up regularly as ourselves on Instagram. And so where does that line? Because here's my thing. Social media in and of itself is curated, right? If I am in the middle of a fight, let's say with Seth, I'm not necessarily going to go online and post that. So when I'm going online, it's because I'm in a mental space to go online, period. I also, and this is the conversation you and I have had about filters. I use a ring light and I tell everybody who tells me, I want to start an online social media account. I say, the first thing you should do is buy a ring light. The ring light is beautiful. I see filters as a change in lighting. I don't need a filter when I have my ring light. So I don't see how it's that different. Well, let's be clear. There is a difference from filter to filter. There are filters that I know that you have said to me before, it's like putting on makeup. And there are filters that are like putting on makeup, but there are filters that 
distort your entire face, that give you a new nose, <laughs> that give you new lips. And that is not disclosed in the name of the filter. And so, so what do you think makes that bad, I guess? Why is that wrong? How is it different than Photoshopping, which we know anybody that you see in a magazine is Photoshopped? I would say it's wrong in the same way that Photoshopping is wrong. Just because these things are the standard practice, I don't think that means that it's okay or a good thing. But hey, I get it. Once you put it to me and you were like, it's like wearing makeup, that for me, that was helpful. And there are times where I'm too far gone and I do need the filter, right? I have to do <laughs> Like, I'm going to show up. We need technological <laughs> intervention if I'm going to get online right now. Right. Just as if, well, I don't have time to put on makeup right now, so I'm going to use a filter. I mean, what does it say about us if we aren't comfortable being ourselves? Just like I would say, hey, you shouldn't show up all the time with a filter on Instagram. I would say, hey, you should be able to go to the grocery store without makeup on. Mm. Well, here's the thing for me. I don't ever want to run into someone from Instagram in public and for them to be like, whoa, <laughs> who are you? Like, exactly. I want to show up authentically. I want people to not, the first thing that they think to be thinking is, wow, you look nothing like you do on the internet or your pictures horrible. Your pictures are so much better than what you are in person. That would be not a great impression to leave. And you know what? I think I do feel different about filters for me as a 35-year-old woman, as opposed to I'm actually really grateful I didn't have the opportunity or the option to have filters when I was 14, 15 Totally, totally. I think for me, hey, when I see one, I try not to engage with a lot of accounts that make me feel bad, period. So I'm not going to be following. Mm. Okay, wait, we have to have you back on. This is a whole separate conversation. I want to talk about that on another hashtag blast, maybe next week. So we'll do that. But first, I'm old enough where I can see someone on the internet and I can say, oh, that's not really what they look like. Or that's a whole team of makeup and hair behind that person. My daughter, she can't do that yet. She doesn't know how to separate reality from what an account puts in front of her. So for me, sure, I'm not looking at another woman. Usually I'm, I'm strong enough to look and be like, oh, okay, you know what? She looks beautiful. That might not all be. And let Hailey Bieber, by the way, for Scarlett, oh, then she cannot. Just, oh, my queen. <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> I wonder if men struggle at all with filters. Do men use them? Have you seen? I know a few men who use them, but I don't think it's as big of an issue. Even that in and of itself, I think is interesting. Well, Seth doesn't know how to use most anything online, but I know he would absolutely not use a filter. So it does tell you that there is this unrealistic expectation that is actually being saddled only onto women. Yes. Oh, there's a really important thing I wanted to to say to filters. Instagram is a visual platform. Yes. And where I think that filters are really great and necessary is curating an aesthetic right? Mm. So for me, I try, if you want your feed to look uniform, if you want a uniform aesthetic, which are like, these are all things that we think about now, sadly, filters help you achieve that. They help you have a really, do you know what I'm saying? Everything looks- Color palette of, yes, I get it. Right. So if I'm showing up authentically, which is what I absolutely try to do in my stories, so people see who I am, I don't necessarily do that with my content, with my videos and things like that, because only because I want 
an aesthetic. I want a color palette to look nice. So I think there is a distinction between how you're showing up talking to people every day and the um, the content, you know, that you're posting to your feed. Filters. Is this a hashtag blessed or a hashtag mess? You decide. If you want to respond to our hashtag blessed segment today, if you have your thoughts on this topic, we would love to hear from you. Just type into your search bar, whether on Instagram or Twitter, type in at viral Jesus pod, and then just put a hashtag blast on the end of whatever your comment is, and we will see it. We would love to enter the chat with you. I am reading a book right now, slowly, by the way, I'm reading it really slowly. It's the kind of book you want to read slowly. It's by Viola Davis, and it's called Finding Me. I want to preface, it is not at all a Christian book, but it has been incredibly impactful for me just reading and learning Viola's story of insecurity of low self-esteem, and of overcoming. It's an incredible story, but something that happens in the book that I want to use to kind of frame our conversation today is in the book, she, she has this moment where she says that she was filming a movie with Will Smith. And remember, 85% of people in our world are struggling with self-esteem. 85% of people, this is not an us problem. This is not a them problem or an unchurched problem or a women's problem. We always talk about low self-esteem and we act like it's only women. This is an us problem. So in Finding Me, Viola Davis is having a conversation with Will Smith. These are two movie stars. And I think it so perfectly characterizes all of our struggle with insecurity and self-esteem. Because Will Smith turns to Viola and he says, hey, Viola, who are you? And in the book, she says that she goes, I, what, what do you mean? I'm, I'm Viola Davis. And Will Smith says, no, who are you? And she looks again and she says, I'm Viola Davis. And Will Smith says, no, I'm still the 15-year-old boy who had a girl break his heart. And in all of my interactions, I'm really just a 15-year-old boy who's trying to get somebody to love me. So, Viola, who are you? She says that without having to even think about it another second, she says, I'm still the third grade girl who has a pack of boys chasing me, calling me the N-word, calling me ugly. And I'm just running as fast as I can trying to get home. And so Will Smith, the movie star, is still the 15-year-old boy who's trying to get someone to love him. And Viola Davis says she's still the third grade girl who's trying as hard as she can to run home. And I started thinking as I was reading the book, I I asked myself, Heather, who are you? And I think in a lot of ways, I am still the 13-year-old girl who was expelled from my Christian middle school. And how does that affect me? How does that impact the choices that I make in relationships? 
And when I think about it, man, I'm still that little girl because I think that's why I become incredibly defensive over what the church would call lost sheep because I consider myself one. I'm extremely defensive over the people, honestly, over an entire generation that I hear people will say they just don't care or they're just not holy enough. Because I know what it feels like for an institution to say that about me and for God to look at me and call me by my name. Right. So a lot of the choices that I make, my passion for young adult ministry, my passion for women's ministry, my draw to education is really, I think, just me trying to find other 13 year old girls who feel lost or feel rejected from the church as an institution who are just never going to be the kid. At least I thought that my whole life. I thought, man, I'm never going to be the kid that gets up and leads the Bible study. That's not me. I'm not the kid getting up and leaving chapel. I was never in charge of like a campus ministry on my campus. And so I felt like the lost sheep who only by the rod of the shepherd had somebody come looking for me. God pursued me. And so I'm really passionate to this day about pursuing people. And letting them know that there is a God who knows their name. So as we talk about self-esteem and confidence, I want to tell you, I don't know how to have a conversation about our self-esteem apart from God. I just don't. I know other people may be able to do that for you. And there are probably awesome self-help books that can help you gain in confidence and gain in self-esteem. There are other people, I'm sure, that you can listen to their podcast about self-worth and how not to over-spiritualize things. But I'm still a 13-year-old girl who was expelled from her Christian school. And I'm telling you my own story, my own experience. I'm not knocking anybody else, but for me. I perceived for many years that it wasn't just my school that expelled me. It felt like the church as a whole had told me I'm not good enough. And I hated myself for a long time. And I always had a really loving family. And so my heart does break for people who are in similar situations, who were rejected or broken or caused more harm by a Christian or by the institution. And then they don't have a mom and dad who come down their hallway when they're crying in their bed like I did. I recognize my privilege in being in a Christian home. I mean, a really, truly Christian home with parents who actually, truly knew God and pursued me. And so, so much of my own story about finding confidence and about now writing books and doing ministry and having a podcast, I can't tell that story apart from God. I just can't. And so if you are like me, that's who I'm going to talk to today in this conversation. I am sure that there are wonderful books about finding just yourself, but so much of who I am is so deeply connected to the God that shined his face upon me. And it was only in the illumination of the face of God over my life that I was able to see myself for the first time. 
Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 and 2 Corinthians 4.1, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Therefore, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. I can see this so clearly and so vividly over my own life. I am sure you can too. How how truly it is the image of God that sets its gaze upon you and you feel yourself transforming into just this better, more whole, more loving, more accepting, more true version of yourself beneath that gaze. And that new version of yourself starts to truly brighten up everything around you because your face is unveiled. And it brings light into other people's lives. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 through 9 says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I love this line. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. I will get to verses eight through nine in a few minutes, but I am telling you, this is exactly where my life feels like it is resting at this very moment. I went to breakfast this morning with a dear friend who said, how are you, right? It's a very polite thing that we say to one another. How are you? And we had just sat down and I was just honest. And I said, you know, at this moment, I'm not good, but I'm not bad. I'm being stretched. And then I told her this analogy that I'm going to tell you. And I'm wondering if it's going to resonate with how you're feeling in your own life. She isn't a Christian, by the way, but she seemed to receive my words with such grace and kindness. But I told her it just feels right now like every day I have to dig. I set my alarm right now four hours before I have to leave my house. So I get up right now at 5 a.m. and I have to do this because I have been honestly waking up angry. And I'm a positive person. I'm the optimist. So I think it says a lot when I am waking up angry. There is something happening in our world right now, something very depleting. I really think it's like a supernatural battle that so many people I know are just experiencing. 
There is so much going on right now in my life and in the lives of people I care about. And I want to fix it. I want to fix it. And I can't. It is beyond my earthen vessel. I don't even know how to go through my day with a well of living water right now. And so I get up four hours before I have to leave my house and I dig. I dig for the water. I sit myself before the Lord and I dig. I dig for grace or for faith or for hope. Literally, I'm digging for my own confidence. I'm digging to believe that he has even called me to anything because I can't see it right now. I dig and I dig and I dig. And so far, most mornings, something in my heart starts to transform in the hands of God. Something shifts. And I feel confident of who God is and has been over my life. I hit the living water. I hit it in the well. I would like to get to a point where I am not like digging so hard every single day. But in this season, friend, I'm just going to be real with you. In this moment, I have to dig. It is not just springing up in me. I have to dig for it. But God has met me in that dig. I can tell you right now, in your insecurity, in your brokenness, in your shame, and in your uncertainty, I have confidence that God is who you think God is. I truly believe that God will get us through this season. And I also believe, like I said last week, that when we get through this season, that when you get through this season, you will still be you. We may have to dig a little deeper to reach our wells, but as the Lord shines his face upon us, the water won't run dry. And if you can't pick up a shovel today or this evening or tomorrow morning, I pray that the Lord will allow my digging to spill over into your life through this podcast. I really am praying that. Because faith and and church and community is about carrying one another's burdens for in doing so, you know the verse, for in doing so, we fulfill the law of Christ. So if you can't dig, I am digging for you. And I do pray it just spills over into your life. If you don't have confidence in God right now, which of course is making you feel insecure in yourself, I want you to know I will have confidence for you 
2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9 reads, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. I want you to do two things before you come back next week. I want you to ask yourself, who are you? I want you to allow yourself, maybe write it in a journal. If you want to email it to me, of course you can. Hello to Heather. Hello, T-O Heather at gmail.com. Remember, my emails are not private. Vimbo will be able to see it, but she understands she works in ministry. She is in this with me. This will be confidential. And she will make sure that your letter gets to me if you need to write it down. But I want you to think and be able to answer the question of who are you? Because Will Smith is still the 15-year-old boy who had a girl break his heart. And Viola Davis is still the third grade girl who is running as fast as she can to get home. And I am telling you, as you listen to this episode, and I know you think I have it all together, I am telling you I am still the 13-year-old girl who was expelled from my church school. But there is power in being able to name and have vocabulary for who we are because it gives us a healthier vision for where we are going. I want you to think about who you are. Because as we take steps these next three weeks to gain confidence in where we are going, I need you to know where you have been. This episode is brought to you in part by World Relief, an organization that partners with the local church to serve the most vulnerable. Around the world, increased conflict, the lingering effects of COVID-19, and disasters caused by our changing climate have left millions of people in desperate situations. Many are fleeing their homes and are facing starvation, persecution, and more. These overwhelming challenges cause many of us to wonder, can I make a difference? The answer is simple. Yes, you can. When you join The Path, World Relief's monthly giving community, you partner with World Relief in bringing hope and transformation to the millions experiencing vulnerability around the world. And when you partner with your monthly gift by September 30th, your first year of monthly gifts will be matched dollar for dollar up to $25,000. Double the impact of your giving and visit worldrelief.org slash viraljesus today.
this is just the truth. Whenever a student sits in my office and they say, I just want to know what God's plan for my life is. First of all, I have to tell you, man, it's never going to be like you pictured. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It's just that in our minds, we have these fantasies about even what it's going to look like when we are fully in our purpose. We have this fantasy about what that looks like. And the reality is that we are still in these earthen vessels. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. There are spirits and agents of darkness that are trying hard and with a sense of urgency to try and just take us out. But we are not destroyed. So I just want to say it may not look the way you thought it was going to look. I'm in 2 Samuel now. I was reading this story, you know, of King David, and you know the story. He gets anointed as a boy in the fields, tending to sheep. And the prophet Samuel comes to him and says, you're going to be king. And I just wondered as I'm reading this story go on, and then David is anointed king. He's king over Judah for several years, I think seven years before he becomes king over all of Israel. And then even before he's anointed king of Judah, he's like, running and hiding and living in caves from Saul. And I just, I'm reading this and I'm like, I bet you David has to stop and say, God, this doesn't look the way I thought this was going to look. This is not how I pictured it going. When you told me I was going to be king, that just looked a lot better than living in this cave hiding for my life. Because there are real agents of darkness that are constantly trying to snuff us out and are constantly looking for places where they can stir to wreak havoc on our lives. So I just want you to think about who you are. Because even, I'm telling you, even if it doesn't look like God is taking you somewhere, God is taking you somewhere right now. God is preparing you right now. And as we take these steps the next three weeks to gain confidence in where we are going, I need you to know where you have been. If you want confidence in your life, in God's plan for you, you have to know what gaps you fell in. I promise you, your purpose and I told you last week, we have to define the terms. We say words all the time and we don't ever define what that word even means. The definition of purpose is not a destination. It is the reason you do what you do. So when we say, oh, it's not that we like find our purpose. It's that we bring purpose into the things we do. It is not a destination. It is what we carry with us on the journey. I am saying, when you think about the reason or the purpose you bring with you as you dig your well each morning or the reason or purpose you bring with you as you are raising these kids, and it feels like this season is never going to end. Or the reason or purpose you bring with you as you are doing this job that is so hard. I want to remind you that your purpose, your reason for doing what you're doing is to better reveal the image of God that is already shining on you. 
It's to remove the veil, as Paul calls it, that you may brighten up every space you enter. As you assess the gaps that you fell in and you figure out how God can use you uniquely to fill those same gaps for other people around you, that is the Christian ministry. For me, friend, that is why I have confidence. That is how I've chosen to gain my confidence. It is not in my own strength, but in God's ability to strengthen even me. The more broken the earthen vessel, the more the water has the ability to spill into the lives of people around it. And I know that we list all these reasons that we aren't qualified for things. Heather, I didn't finish college. Heather, I'm divorced. Heather, I'm not married. Heather, I am poor. Heather, I had an affair. Heather, I'm still struggling with pornography. Heather, I'm not perfect. I need you to understand, friend, that God will use even you to reach people in ways that I would not be able to reach them. Your deficiencies in the hands of God only become strengths. You want to know why God chooses people? Do you know why God chooses people? To prove that people are chosen. That's it. God chooses people to remove the veil. Why did God choose Abraham? To bless the nation of Israel. Why did God choose Israel? To bless the entire world. Scripture says, through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. I think people think that confidence in God or confidence in God's plan for your life means that you have confidence that you are somehow special and you are uniquely chosen and you're special. But God chooses us not because we are special, but to show that people are chosen. It is not a gift for you. It is an invitation. You should shine into the lives of the people around you. You are chosen. You are. I can promise you. Dig the well. Find the water. There are people who will not believe that God could ever love them until they see that God could first love you. That is why we matter. Richard Rohr says, salt is never the main dish. Yeast is not the dough. Light always illuminates something else. Jesus called us salt of the earth, yeast and light of the world because we shine not for ourselves, but to bring light into a darkened world. That is why you must dig. That is why I dig. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, but we have this treasure in earthen 
vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not us. Your tiny, insecure, flawed, broken, hurting, earthen vessel in the hands of a powerful God will always be enough. So before you come back next week, before you hit download on the episode, I need you to think about who you are. Because once we have vocabulary for who we are, we can be more confident in where we are going. The second thing I want you to do before you come back next week, I hope you will take me up on this. I want you to dig. And I hope that there will come a season, friends. I hope that there is so much light on the other end of this dark tunnel that we are all in that we won't have to dig so hard. But today, if you are finding yourself in the midst of a dark tunnel, I want you to dig. I want you to get up in the morning, pick up your metaphorical shovel, and decide to dig. Look for that living water that is already in you. God's face already shines upon you. We remove the veil. You place yourself in the presence of God. And I just want you to do this every single day until the episode drops next week. I want you to play, if your thing is gospel music or hymns or Christian music, take time in the morning before you go anywhere, before you parent the kids, before you go to the job, before you post on social media, spend time in the presence of God. We need people who will dig. Everybody wants to be a leader and it's like, who's leading you? Leaders exemplify what it looks like to be led. So we have to let God lead us. We have to sing the songs. We have to read the scriptures. We have to let ourselves cry the tears before the Lord or sit in silence before the Lord or say the prayers because that's how we dig. And I can promise you this. I will be praying for you each day. I am praying that God will raise up a generation whose well will not run dry. Yes, we may have to do more work. Yes, but hey, the harvest is plenty. The workers are few. We can have confidence that God has called us to this moment. And that everything we're experiencing is not catching God by surprise. And yet here we are. I am praying that our wells will not run dry. I am praying that as we do this next pod class on gaining confidence, that we will truly gain confidence over our own lives, that we will start to believe that our lives actually matter, that we will start removing the veil, that our light may shine onto other people. Salt is not the main dish. How do we season the world around us so that it tastes better? That's the task. So to recap today, we remembered one, 
that 85% of people struggle with self-esteem. This is not a them problem or a female problem or a secular world problem. This is an us problem. Number two, that our unveiled faces can bring light into every room that we enter. That is why we have to dig our wells. It is not just for us, but it will absolutely change your family. It will absolutely change your community. That's what light does. It will change your church. It will change your school. Number three, that God chose us so that we can show others that people are chosen. The gift is not just a gift for us. It is a gift to display that there is a gift for all. Viral Jesus was brought to you by Christianity Today. I've been your host and creator, Heather Thompson Day, producer and audio engineer, Lauren Joseph, and executive producer, Ed Gilbreth. Please review and recommend us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Join us next week for another conversation where a Viral Jesus guest talks and you and I listen so we can learn. I love growing with you on Viral Jesus. Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip.